Chapter Twenty Nine of the Nibelungenlied. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Avai in January two thousand thirteen. The Nibelungenlied, translated by Daniel B. Shumway. Chapter Twenty Nine. How Hagen would not rise for Kriemhild. Then the two worshipful warriors parted, Hagen of Troneck and Sir Dietrich. Over his shoulder Gunther's liegemen gazed for a comrade at arms, whom he then quickly won. Volker, he saw, the cunning fiddler, stand by Giselher, and begged him to join him, for well he knew his savage mood. He was in all things a bold knight and a good. Still they let the lordings stand in the court, only these twain alone men saw walk hence far across the court before a spacious palace. These chosen warriors feared the hate of none. They sate them down upon a bench before the house over against the hall, the which belonged to Kriemhild. Upon their bodies shone their lordly weeds. Enow who gazed upon them would then have known the knights, as wild beasts the haughty heroes were stared upon by the Hunnish men. Etzel's wife, too, gazed upon them through a window, at which fair Grimhild waxed sad again. Of her sorrows it minded her, and she began to weep. Much it wondered Etzel's man what had so quickly saddened her mood. Quoth she, that Hagen hath done, ye heroes brave and good. To the lady they spake, How hath that happened, but for newly we did you see joyful? None there be so bold, and he hath done you aught, but it will cost him his life, if ye bid us venge you. Ever would I requite it, if any avenged my wrongs, I would give him all he craved. Behold me at your feet." spake the queen avenge me on hagen that he lose his life then sixty bold men made them ready eftsoon for Kriemhild's sake they would hence to slay the bold knight hagen and the fiddler too with forethought this was done when the queen beheld the band so small grim of mood she spake to the knights what ye now would do ye should give over with so few durst ye never encounter Hagen. And however strong and bold Hagen of Troneck be, he who sitteth by his side, Falker the fiddler, is stronger still by far. He is an evil man. Certes, ye may not so lightly match these knights. When they heard this, four hundred doughtry warriors more did make them ready. The noble queen craved sore to do them harm. Thereby the heroes later fell in mickle danger. When she saw her followers well armed, the queen spake to the doughty knights. Now, bide a while, ye must stand quite still in truth. Wearing my crown, I will go to meet my foes. List ye to the wrongs that Hagen of Tronic, Gunther's man, hath done me. I know him to be so haughty that he'll not deny a wit. Little I reek what hap to him on this account. 
then the fiddler a bold minstrel spied the noble queen walk down the flight of steps that led downward from a house when bold Volker saw this to his comrade at arms he spake now behold friend hagen how she walketh yonder who hath faithlessly bidden us to this land i have never seen with a queen so many men bearing sword in hand march in such warlike guise know ye friend hagen whether she bear you hate if so be i counsel you to guard the better your life and honour certes methinks this good they be wroth of mood as far as i can see and some be so broad of chest that he who would guard himself should do so betimes i ween there be those among them who wear bright breastplates whom they would attack i cannot say then angry of mood the brave knight hagen spake well i wot that all this be done against me that they thus bear their gleaming swords in hand for aught of them i still may ride to the burgundian land now tell me friend volker whether ye will stand by me if perchance Grimhild's men would fight me pray let me hear that if so be ye hold me dear i'll aid you evermore with faithful service i'll help you surely spake the minstrel and should i see the king with all his warriors draw near us not one foot will i yield from fear in aiding you the while i live now may god in heaven requite you noble Volker, though they strive against me what need i more sith ye will help me as i hear you say let these warriors come on full armed let us rise now from our seats spake the minstrel let us do her honour as she passeth by she is a high-born dame a queen we shall thereby honour ourselves as well for my sake no quoth hagen should i go hence these knights would think twas through fear not for one of them will i ever rise from my seat it beseemeth us both better forsooth to leave this undone for why should i honour one who doth bear me hatred nor will i do this the while i live i reck not how king etzel's wife doth hate me haughty hagen laid across his knees a gleaming sword from whose pummel a sparkling jasper greener than grass did shine its hilt was golden its sheath an edging of red that it was siegfried's Krimhild knew full well she must needs grow sad when she knew the sword for it minded her of her wrongs she began to weep i ween bold hagen had done it for this cause volker the bold drew nearer to the bench a fiddle bow strong mickle and long like unto a broad sharp sword and there the two lusty knights sate undaunted these two brave men did think themselves so lordly that they would not leave their seats through fear of any man the noble queen walked therefore to their very feet and gave them hostile greeting she spake now tell me hagen who hath sent for you that ye durst ride hither to this land sith ye know full well what ye have done me had ye good wits ye should have left it undone by rights no one sent for me quoth hagen man bade to this land three knights who hight my lords 
I am their liegeman, and full seldom have I stayed behind when they journeyed to any court. Quoth she, Now tell me further why ye did this, through the which ye have earned my hate. Ye slew Siegfried, my dear husband, for which I have cause enow to weep until mine end. Quoth he, What booteth more enow is already said. It is just I, Hagen, who slew Siegfried, a hero of his hands. How sorely did he atone that Lady Krimhild railed at comely Brunhild. Tis not to be denied, O mighty queen, I alone am to blame for this scathful scathe. Let him avenge it who will, be he wife or man. Unless be I should lie to you, I have done you much of harm. Quoth she, now hear ye knights how he denieth no wit of my wrongs. Men of Etzel, I care not what hap to him from this cause. The proud warriors all gazed at one another. Had any began the fight, it would have come about that men must have given the honours to the two comrades, for they had oft wrought wonders in the fray. What the Huns had weaned to do must now needs be left undone through fear. Then spake one of the men-at-arms. Why gaze ye thus at me? What I afore vowed I will now give over. I will lose my life for no man's gift. Forsooth King Etzel's wife would fain lead us into wrong. Quoth another hard by. Of the selfsame mind am I, and any give me towers of good red gold I would not match this fiddler for his fearful glances the which I have seen him cast. Hagen, too, I have known from his youthful days, wherefore a man can tell me little of this knight. I have seen him fight in two and twenty battles, through which woe of heart hath happed to many a dame. He and the knight from Spain trod many a war-path, when here at Etzel's court they waged so many wars in honour of the king. Much this happened, wherefore one must justly honour Hagen. At that time the warrior was of his years a lad. How grey are they who then were young! Now is he come to wit, and is a man full grim. Balmung too he beareth, the which he won in evil wise. There which the strife was parted, so that no one fought, which mightily rude the queen. The warriors turned them hence, in sooth they feared their death at the fiddler's hands, and surely they had need of this. Then spake the fiddler. We have now well seen that we shall find foes here, as we heard tell afore. Let us go to court now to the kings, then there none match our lords in fight. How oft a man doth leave a thing undone through fear, the which he would not do, when friend standeth by friend in friendly wise, and he gave good wits. Scathe to many a man is lightly warded off by forethought. Quoth Hagen, Now will I follow you. They went to where they found the depper warriors standing in the court in a great press of welcoming knights. Bold Falker again speak loudly to his lords. How long will ye stand and let yourselves be jostled? Ye must go to court and hear from the king of what mind he be. Men then saw the brave heroes and good pair off. The prince of Bern took by the hand the mighty Gunther of Burgundian land. 
Irnfried took the brave knight Gernot, while Rudiger was seen to go to court with Giselher. But however any paired, Volker and Hagen never parted, save in one fray, when their end was come, and this noble ladies must needs greatly bewail in after time. With the kings one saw go to court a thousand brave men of their fellowship, thereto sixty champions that were come with them, whom the bold Hagen had taken from his land. Havart and Iring, two chosen men, were seen to walk together near the kings. Men saw Dankwart and Wolfhard, a peerless knight, display their chivalry before all eyes. When the lord of the Rhine had entered the hall, the mighty Etzel delayed no longer, but sprang from his throne when he saw him come. Never did so fair a greeting hap from any king. Be welcome, Sir Gunther, and Sir Gernot too, and your brother Giselher. I sent you truly my faithful service to worms beyond the Rhine. All your fellowship too I welcome. Now be ye passing welcome, ye two knights, Volker the Brave and Sir Hagen likewise, to me and to my lady, here in this our land. She sent you many a messenger to the Rhine. Then spake Hagen of Tronek, I hear much talk of that, and were I not come for the Huns for the sake of my lords, I should have ridden in your honour to this land. The noble host then took his dear guests by the hand and led them to the settle where he sate himself. Busily they poured out for the guests in broad bowls of gold, mead, morat, and wine, and bade those far from home be welcome. Then spake King Etzel, Let me tell you this, it might not leave a hap to me in all this world than through you heroes that ye be come to see me. Through this much sadness is also taken from the queen. Me wondereth greatly what I have done, you noble strangers, that ye never recked to come into my land. My sadness is turned to joy, since now I see you here. To this Rudiger a high-mettled knight made answer. Ye may be glad to see them, good as the fealty which the kinsmen of my lady wot how to use so well. They bring also to your house many a stately knight. Upon a midsummer's eve the lords were come to the court of the mighty Etzels. Seldom hath there been heard so lofty greeting as when he welcomed the heroes. When now the time to eat was come, the king went with them to the board. Never did host sit fairer with his guests. Men gave them meat and drink to the full. All that they craved stood ready for them, for mickle wonders had been told about these knights. End of chapter 29